Welcome to Women Talking Soccer. I'm your host, Carrie Taylor. The goal of this podcast is to amplify the voices of all women who love the beautiful game. Whether you're on the field, cheering from the stands, work in the business, want to be in the business, or are a passionate change maker, your voice is important. This podcast is presented by Women in Soccer. Women in Soccer is a network of women and allies involved in our favorite sport. You can join Women in Soccer for free online at womeninsoccer.org. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Women Talking Soccer. Um, today, we have a wonderful guest. Uh, Haley Carter is joining uh, the Women Talking Soccer podcast to give us all of her knowledge and experience and, and to tell her story to share with all our listeners today. So, Haley, thanks for coming on and giving us some time. Uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, yes. if you if you could share like what you're doing now and just like a brief summary about yourself and then we can dive into all the cool stuff that you've, you've done um, in your life. Yeah, well, thanks first for having me on. I appreciate your guest list and your podcast. I'm, uh, I'm pretty honored to be included in the list of really kick-ass people that you've had on. Um, so a little so I currently work with um, Lisa Cole and Antigua Barbuda, um, you know, basically with whatever assistant she needs, you know, whether it's coming in as a goalkeeper coach or just providing administrative support, like I'm kind of the jack of all trades, expert of none, <laughs> plug and play. And then also I serve currently as the chair of the Women Coaches Advocacy Group for United Soccer Coaches. So yeah so that's that's kind of currently what i'm doing um as far as my background is concerned you know i i truly lived in my 20s i uh i went the naval academy close to eight years in the marine corps as a logistics officer um continued to play while i was in i played all armed forces in between and then when i got out i started playing professionally for the houston dash and i got into coaching while i was still uh, assistant at universities and then got into the international coaching game in uh, 2016, which was actually my pro. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of managed like transitioning out of playing and, and into coaching at the international level. Worked with Afghanistan for two and a half years, three years. Um, and then was really fortunate to be able to get to transition over and to work with um, Antigua was really fortunate that Lisa Cole brought me in um, just with the timing. I'm sure you've heard about, you know, everything that happened with the Afghanistan women's national team. Yeah. And it was a really emotional for the year. Um, and coming out of that, like, I really wanted to get back in the game, but um, you know, it's just, it was tough. It was a tough year. So the timing, worked. I've been pretty fortunate for sure. Yeah. You've definitely done a lot. Um, over the years with your experience and, you know, how did being in the military and how did that shape you as a coach or, or you, you as a soccer player? Cause not many women can say like they've been in the military and have done coaching and everything. So I'm in, interested to know how you, how you weave that into, you know, your coaching and, and some of the stuff that you're doing now. Yeah, that's actually, that's, that's actually a, a really good question. It's a really good question, Carrie. And um, I think 
in the military transitioning from that to playing i'd been playing the whole time i was in the military and of course in the marine corps your identity is a marine right like that's what and that's the and so I was really fortunate to get to continue on as a, as a footballer, like throughout that, that time in my life. But what was interesting to me, um, the change, I think, and it's something that has occurred even more recently, um, probably in the last two years, maybe. Um, I, you know, in the Marine Corps, you sort of learn this leadership style when I was in, I think it's, I think it's evolving, you know, it's evolved quite a bit to um, you know, it was like, you never let your Marine see you have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, it doesn't help. You don't. And I really brought that to my like life as a player and a coach. And I was first starting like this sort of very stoic approach to things. And, um, you know, I may suck at fitness, but you're not going to get to to the worst thing I've ever done so you know just like one foot in front of the other and and you don't really share when you're struggling with things Mm -hmm. um I went and gave uh, a talk to the Penn State women's soccer team and and I talked about that um you know what not long after I was doing that kind of sort of at the same time I was busy dealing with this stuff that was happening with Afghanistan and um, and that was some really, hard, okay. And what I learned through that experience is, um, most authentic leader, the most authentic coach that you can be is to, is to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. to, you know, recognize your are human and flawed and your teammates are human and flawed. And, um, to not be afraid to explain or if you're struggling to ask for help um you know so it's it's interesting that you should ask that question because i i it's almost like a a polar opposite i think i've gone kind of soft as it were (laughs) since i left the marine corps as far as just communicating and and connecting with people on that sort of interpersonal uh level so I've been really fortunate. And I actually, I told Erica, like, I felt really bad because I went into this conversation with them and I think vulnerability was something they were working on themselves. And I'm over here like, oh yeah, you know, like show up, don't let your teammates see you have a bad day, like be mm-hmm. shit days every now and then. And, um, and that's what makes us human and real. So uh, yeah, I've kind of departed very much into servant leadership but how I how I navigate um hardship and adversity Mm -hmm. is quite a bit different like I let people yeah and and uh you know that's that's power that's really powerful and you know I think I think as women there's so few women that are in the game and like as women, we often don't want to show our vulnerability because you know that's a female quality and we have to you know, be strong and be tough and show that we can, it's a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And, but then we end up being somebody that we're not. And then, then yeah. that's, that's no good either. So yeah, that's, that's great. Thank you so much for, for sharing how that, you know, how you've kind of grown and developed and, and been able to show your, your humanness, which, which is powerful. Yeah. And, and I'm sure your players, you know, have really, uh, attached to that and, and benefited from that. 
for sure. Um, so chat with us about. I, I hope so. Of I mean, course, I, I know that I, I, I know that I have for sure. Yeah, of course <laughs> they benefited from it. That's that's the we make mistakes and then we grow and then we we become awesome coaches, even awesomer coaches as we get older. <laughs> that's how that's how I look at it. Um, tell, tell us a little bit. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about playing um, for in the NWSL for for the Dash, um, and just what that experience was like, and and you know how you you see the the NWSL growing um, or wishes for for growth. It's um you know so I I played in fourteen fifteen and so league has. Like markedly improved since then on on so many different levels, um, but I think it still has a long way to go on other levels. Uh, so, uh, pay for players has gone up significantly. Uh, I remember in my first season, uh, you know, I was because I have a full time job, uh, and and which was an unbelievably difficult schedule to manage for three years, but. Um, I didn't have to worry about like my car payment or my mortgage or, you know, all of these other things that are traditional expenses for, <laughs> and, um, and I was doing the research on, you know, what the like income, you know, for actually for like state aid and assistance, um, like food stamps basically. Mm -hmm. And the reality is women soccer players were making low enough that they would have qualified for food stamps, uh, which was just absurd to me, considering the amount of time that, that we were all having to dedicate to what we, uh, and that's, it's improved some. Um, and I think that that, you know, the more we have the sort of equal play, equal pay argument, there is a significant disparity between us women's national team players and everybody else in the league. But I think that as standard moves up for them it's inherently moving up for everyone else as well not as quickly as i would like but it's certainly changing uh, i also that clubs that are getting involved are, are really serious about player welfare not just from a pay standpoint but making people valued whether it's housing or um player safety you know having cars and vehicles and all the support that you need to really tr truly uh, and then I think, you know, the, the, for me playing, I, like I said, I was really fortunate because I had a full-time job stressors. Mm -hmm. um, but I can appreciate the fact that the league has finally gotten around to expanding the roster size. You don't have aid, aid amateur, non for replacement players and stuff like, like we've grown beyond that. Um, but that being said, I do, I, I still think there's quite a bit to be improved, right? We, you know, we still talk about women coaches in the league. Mm -hmm. like, one. We've got one. <laughs> yeah. Coach and, yeah. And, um, and, you know, that's just not, it's not good enough. You know, we're not seeing women of color. We're not seeing um, minority. We're not seeing administration and front offices and the technical staff. And I think that really has to change, right? Uh, and 
I'm usually the one screaming on Twitter every time a team hires a male coach. And even men that have been hired, Christy Holly, I love Christy. I think he's a like, I think he's a great coach. Um, but, you know, I've kind of like taken up the torch of like, why the hell are we not hiring more women coaches? qualified women coaches why are they not being hired yeah and um and I'm comfortable with that like staking that claim you know um and then I also think too just from a marketing and and sponsorship standpoint you know we saw in the NWSL Challenge Cup this year sponsorship was huge Budweiser and you know all of these organizations and companies that are coming on board the power to market uh the women's game is even you know while we're dealing with COVID and things are tight and people are struggling there's still a serious interest to invest in the women's game so I think you know we're seeing many people struggle really at the but at the pro level I think women's football is going to continue to become like I think we're picking up momentum to be honest um and so I'm happy to see that but yeah I do think that the league still has room to improve as far as um you know not just not just player welfare, but, you know, what are we doing for coaches and how are we addressing coaches and giving opportunities for women coaches and what does that look like? And I can appreciate that there are organizations that are going out trying to bring on women as assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got Twyla in Houston, um, yep. Kansas City just hired Ali Lipscher. That's a big time get um, to have a woman goalkeeper coach in the league is huge. But I just think like, at what point, at what point are we not relying on male allies where we need to are we being hired into those positions so then it's our job to reach back and to offer opportunities for other women so i appreciate you know all of the men head coaches that are going out of their way and even you know gms and front office staff that are that are doing the work to try and empower women i just think um they're faster yeah you you bring up a great point there a long drawn out answer for your question about my oh no 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 don't this is what this podcast is about is is we want to hear about your thoughts and who you are so so never feel long and drawn out um I just want to say I agree with you 100% about I feel like we've missed some opportunities recently with you know uh the Salt Lake franchise moving to Kansas City and Orlando was you know looking to hire a GM and nothing against yeah the men, but, you know, women are getting the ancillary positions and not get, not necessarily being given opportunities to get experience. And I I had Elise LaHue on a little bit ago and, you know, she's, she's done a lot within sky blue to hire women, but even, you know, even then Elise is like, well, but we're not diverse in skin color. Like I need to do a better job. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to, it's one thing to say, yes, women's soccer is growing. It's great. And, and we're doing wonderful things. However, you still have to be super intentional mm-hmm. and look at every hire, look at every, every decision to, to make sure, like, are we offering an opportunity for a woman? You know, I was, I was on a call the other day and they were talking, somebody was talking yeah. about do, doing a video and they're like, oh, I have this great man to do it. And I, and I said, excuse me, it's a, it's a women's soccer video. Like, can't you have a woman's voice be the voiceover? And everyone kind of, <laughs> kind of sat there and looked at me and they went, oh, that's a good idea. Yes. But it's like, even those little things, you know, we have to like how, like, yes, it's like revolutionary. Yeah. 
but but we have it's not pretty simple stuff yeah we just have to think and slow down and be super intentional and and, you know again i i think change is happening it's just will it happen in our lifetimes (laughs) like enough change happen in our lifetimes but we'll we'll get there we'll get there um talk to yeah and i think i think go ahead go ahead no it's fine go ahead no you go well, I was just going to say, Elise, Elise makes a really great point because she's in a, she's in a position to make hiring decisions, right? So, um, and that's really what we need. I think a lot of the difficulty that we're facing is that those that are in the position to hire, unfortunately, are hiring based system, mm-hmm. or they knew a guy who coached their daughters at some yeah. point. Um, versus, you know, genuinely looking at the market and what, what potential talent is out there. And for me, that's the most, they get the experience, um, you know, they're doing the right things. They're getting their licensing. They're, um, you know, some of the greatest coaches in the world and they're not being taken seriously. And, and that's incredibly demoralizing. It's, not only is it demoralizing to that coach, but it sends a signal to every other young woman coach who's coming up. Like, do I really want to make this a career? Do I really want this ceiling? And I'm seeing other women who are legends in the game, who we look up to and they're hitting a ceiling and they're not able to get past it. So what does that mean for me? Mm -hmm. And so that, that to me is the more concerning part because it's creating this sort of legacy of, of, um, it's holding women back because inherently women are like, I don't know if I, if I want to do that. And I've seen plenty of really fantastic women coaches leave the game for that reason, because they just don't see it going anywhere. And, and it's hard, right? It's hard to be a coach. It's hard to, um, to survive on that and pay your dues. And, um, and then to see, you know, like I said, legends in the game, not getting opportunities is just, it's a buzzkill to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a good kind of segue into, to talking about like what, what women in soccer is as a, as a group. And, you know, we're happy to have you on board as, um, I think you're an expert or a founding member or something, something like that. I don't, I don't know your official title, but, but women in soccer is happy to to have you and your knowledge. And, you know, within the women in soccer platform, I think, to me, the thing that, that speaks to me the most is connecting all all of us that are doing these amazing things, like in our own communities, in these little silos. And and now finally, you know, we get to know each other and we can lean on each other and we can mentor each other and pick each other up or, you know, say, oh, Hey, I know somebody would be great for this job and, and really connect as women. Um, because I know early in my career, I wasn't very nice to the other women that, that were out there because we were all competing for like a couple, a handful of jobs. And, and so we are, we are kind of bitchy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's true. And I look back and I'm like, Oh, wow. Like that's not, that's not a way to be an advocate for women. Like, why were you that way? But you know, now, now I've evolved and in my older age, we all need to work together. That's, that's, you know, that's what women in soccer is about. So 
for, for anyone that hasn't signed up yet, womeninsoccer.org. Yeah, I think get in. <laughs> yes, it's a free platform, great content. Um, I listened to Brandy Chastain and Becky Burley the other night um, talking about the disc personality yeah, test. Good. That was Brandy's so corner. Yeah. And is it going to be once? I think it's once a month on Wednesdays. Yeah. Check it, check it out. I was inspired. I learned a lot. It was really great to, to connect with people and, and, you know, hear the expertise that, that Becky and, and Brandy bring to the stage. So more, more cool things to come for sure. Um, Haley, talk to our listeners about, um, you mentioned the two national teams that, that you've worked with. Is that like where you feel your niches now? And, and is that something, you know, that would you ever consider being a head coach of a national team someday? Um, you know, I, uh, I kind of like being the assistant to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, and, uh, gets all the glory, take all the shit. <laughs> That's not why. I, uh, I really want, like, I, you know, I'm, it's interesting. I'm like a part coach. I don't do this full time. Like just saying, I still have a full-time job. Um, and what I have found is that I really enjoy supporting head coaches. Like, um, you know, with Afghanistan, we had Kelly Lindsay mm-hmm. and we had a phenomenal, everybody goes at the door and we were all fighting together as a team. And we had an all-female staff, aside from um, John DeWitt, our, our sports performance guy. I'd worked with him in the dash. Um, and it was great to bring him around and have him run fitness for other people and not me. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, and, uh, and, you know, it was awesome. Like just being able to play a supporting role thinking about things that a head coach needs before the head coach realizes that they need it. And, um, you know, making sure that yours has, you know, everything that they need to be successful. And one of the other things that I really appreciated about that staff was that, you know, like I said, we, nobody was a up something that if somebody else couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, I did laundry and I did, and um, I travel and I talk to parents about visas and, you know, we worked with our athletic trainer and nobody was afraid to pick up cones. Like it was very, a, a sort of team responsibility. And, and we all took, we all took everything that needed to get done. We took it on as a group, um, with Lisa and Antigua is a very similar way, right? Like it's, uh, it doesn't matter who, who technically some responsibility might fall to the key is to just um and you know for me it's about like empowering other women to be successful right and I like that I like Mm -hmm. that role where um you know I do what I can to empower Lisa to be successful I did what I could to empower Kelly to be successful um and I like that role it's a good it's a good fit for me and um I don't know I think you know, there's some people out there, I guess I'm one of them. That's okay. Being a perpetual assist. I just really, it's, um, it's fun to collaborate and it's especially fun when you're working with a head coach who you can have disagreements with and you can have like who healthy discussion 
and um, and then you move on. And ultimately, it's the head coach and it's their decision, and you support it. But it's great environment where you can have that sort of back and forth and dialogue. And um, and I've also been really fortunate because Kelly and Lisa themselves. I'm very different from both of them. So we've got, you know, we always had this sort of good cop, bad cop, um, strengths versus weaknesses that paired together. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I enjoy that. No, that's great. I wonder, so, have you ever looked at your cool. guys' disc personalities and how that, how those fit together? That would be an interesting thing to do within the, within the coaching staff. Yeah, I actually, um, I went to, um, I, it's funny you say that I went to, um, a true North sports event with Celia and Becky mm -hmm. and they ran it like, as in at the time, it was really funny, like all of the coaches comparing what they were, but, um, yeah, I've been really fortunate that I've paired myself with opposite personalities. <laughs> um, I think but, it's healthier yeah, that it way that we're, we're all, we all tend to be but also understanding and flexible and willing to learn and yeah. humble. I hope I, well, I try to be anyway. That's great. Um, can you talk about what you do with the women's advocacy uh, committee with United soccer coaches a little bit and how people can get involved with that? Yeah. So um, advocacy is one of the main pillars of United soccer coaches and uh, and I think throughout 20 COVID and everything that that coaches everywhere were dealing with and the game was dealing with, it's become even even more critical. Um, that soccer coaches, we're very fortunate. We have an advocacy council um, that's made up of multiple diversity groups and then uh, that represent play. So you know we have the Black Coaches Advocacy Group, we have um, the Latin Coaches Advocacy Group, uh, Native American, LGBT and allies, disability and allies, uh, and then we've got the youth side, the high school side, the college side, and we're hoping hope point soon. Um, but it enables all of us to really come into a room and share and have hard conversations and and truly. About things that are happening in the world, things that are happening in the game and in our communities uh, to try and empower each other as coaches so that all the diverse minorities, you know, women of color, coaches of color um, are getting an opportunity to be empowered and to be heard. And, um, and within the Women Coaches Advocacy Group, obviously, you know, we are interested and, and, but also coaches of the women's game. Uh, and I think that there's this, there is, I'm, I don't think that there is this misconception that the women's group is like anti-men and super hyper-feminist. And uh, whereas our priority is to uh, empower, we also, we care about the women's game. Uh, and there are many, many, many um, male allies, you know, and G at AM. There's a lot of men coaches out there who do really great things um, for the women's side. Kadani is another example. Talk about. Yeah. Uh, and so it's important that we are engaging those folks as well. 
um, because it's like we talked about, and you know, like Jen opportunities under Kadani, now she's at Michigan. I mean, there's um, these men are going out of their way to empower women. You know, legends, right? So, um, so you know, for us, it's about giving women an opportunity to to. Uh, and celebrate things that are happening in the women's game, things that women coaches are doing, um, making sure that we're like enhanced membership mm-hmm. in soccer coaches. So, um, you know, we're getting content out there that's relevant to, to members and making sure members are included in creating. Um, and, and then also trying to develop pathways, whether it's through like coach educating, uh, becoming part of the United Soccer Coaches Academy staff, or just trying to navigate your own coach education pathway. And what does that look like? And trying to make sure that we've got a network of uh, sort of senior women's game available to up and coming coaches or coaches who might be transitioning in their careers mm-hmm. uh, to figure out what that next step is going to be. So, you know, whether it's participating as mentors in the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 program, or, you know, creating recently, we just got started with a initiative, um, which Amanda Evans was, was hyped to start. We've got a Google classroom. So it's for like all the moms, future moms, women that are considering to be moms, you know, moms to be, uh, just to get in a place where we can share things that are happening to with on the field, off the field, uh, how they're navigating life balance and what that looks like you know I totally get that I've got a nine-year-old and parenting is hard stuff sometimes so um and an opportunity to just be able to connect similar to what women in soccer is doing right whether it's on the Slack channels or whether it's the content that's being produced it's the same sort of concept like how can we uplift for all women you know of all gender like trans women cis women straight women uh, women of color, like every woman in the game at every position, whether it's front office or, or coaching or players, or, you know, I feel like we talk about, we're, we're kind of catty with each other when we're younger, but the reality is if, if we don't start helping each other, nobody is, nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. That's a, so that's, that's sort of where I've taken my life is concerned. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I I probably need to get involved and add that to my something on my list of, of something else to do, but it, it, it is definitely important. And oh, don't worry, I can find something for you to do. Okay. Well, <laughs> you can send me, send me some information if you need help on anything. So I, I think mentoring and, and talking to, yeah. To- and if you are interested in joining, if you are interested in joining, um, you can actually check out advocacy at the United Soccer Coaches webpage. Okay. Um, you can also reach out to women coaches advocacy group, all one word at gmail.com. Women coaches advocacy group at Gmail. All right. Group. All right. Yeah, it was was very original. (laughs) (laughs) It's hey, at least you know what you're signing up for when you type in the email. No, that's I mean, you bring up a lot of great points. Um and you know, I think the where you mentioned, uh, you know, and women getting together, talking about like how to navigate raising children and coaching and this, because, you know, we keep asking 
the, the, the same questions, like how do we get more women involved in the game or how do we keep women involved in the game? And we have to, we have to actively do those things. We can't just keep having the same conversations year after year after year. And, and, you know, you're right. We women have to take that ownership along with male allies who, who support us and who have, you know, helped us in our careers. Like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a female coach until I was in college. And a lot, a lot of my mentors are great mentors are male, um, coaches who I've really relied on over the years. So, you know, they're it's again, it's not anti-man in any way. None of these organizations are, um, that, that we've mentioned it's, it's how do we just focus and amplify women with the help of, of strong, positive male allies. Um, a couple more questions and then I'll let yep. you, let you get back. Um, so I heard you like got a law degree or something recently. Like what's, what's going on with that? Like, how do you have, oh, yeah. how do you have time for all that stuff? Yeah. I went to law school. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, kudos. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to I you. I went to law <laughs> well, congratulations on that. That's, Thanks. that's a, that's an amazing accomplishment there. I had to had to give, give you the shout out on that one. I just need to take the bar. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Well, good Thanks. luck. I appreciate it. I am um, people why I decided to do that. And, um, and there's two reasons and one of them is pretty petty, but I feel like you'll appreciate it. So um, the first reason is, you know, because I was in the Marine Corps I have my GI Bill and I, I actually, um, I got my MBA when I was still in the Marine Corps. So when I got out, I had my GI Bill left Okay. and, uh, and it drives me totally bonkers when veterans don't use their benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're a veteran and you're listening to this and you haven't used your benefits, shame on you. Um, I thought, well, I don't grit. So, um, so one day I like woke up and took the LSAT and wound up in law school and was like, what am I doing here? Um, but the other reason is, is because um, I work in business and um, specifically, and it's really nerdy, so I'm not, but I, I was a logistics officer in the Marine Corps and now I run procurement for a company um, that's actually a Danish owned company. I work for the North American subsidiary. So um, I'm in procurement, which means I'm like a professional buyer of things, Okay. right? So I like negotiate like it's going on for a while. And I have sat in I have had lawyers talk to me like I'm a complete moron mm -hmm. and um I told myself I would be sitting in a meeting because I don't really advertise it right <laughs> like mm -hmm. I mean if you look at my Twitter bio you can see I went to law school but in at work right you know I'm not serving in in-house counsel so I, I like nobody really knows unless you know me and um I told myself that one day I'd be sitting in one of those meetings and some lawyer would be condescending to me and I was going to respond back and be like, yeah, I know I went to law school too. Zing. Yeah. I love that. That's it's petty, that's, but, well, but you know what? I, I under, <laughs> I understand it completely. That's like, I'm not going to be talking like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like that's it. Don't, don't mansplain me or lawyer, lawyer explain me. Just speak to me. Like I'm exactly an equal don't professional. Uh, and, and it's not it's not an accident yeah well kudos to you that, that so it's yeah. yeah kudos to you that's that's a tough tough thing and and that's amazing so congratulations on that um three quick questions Thanks. that i i plan on um i plan on using it good 
Yes. Uh, That's sort of what I'm going to do with it. Three quick questions that I ask all my guests. First one is, do you have any specific quote or like life mantra that gets you out of bed or that you turn to in times of challenges or anything? Just like a favorite saying quote. I do. I do. So my, my, my favorite quote, I actually have it tattooed. I'm oh, how much it me. all right. I love um, it. It says, yeah, I know it says, <laughs> it says to you and your kind, much has been given and from you much should be expected. Oh, and it's, um, it's actually, it's a Roosevelt quote and I'm sure you've heard the man in the arena. Yes. If you've read Brene Brown. Yes, 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 yes. So that, that is from a speech citizenship and republic okay um and that quote is actually from that speech and if you've never read the whole speech and you've only heard the man in the arena portion i I would recommend that you i would encourage you to read the entire speech because it's really all right i'm i'm writing that down that's great and that's i mean that's really powerful when you started rolling up your sleeve i was like all right that's that's amazing um I do. I mean, it. I live by it. I, yeah, I, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, second question, uh, favorite book or anything that you've read recently that you want to recommend to people that, that is like a must read. It could be books. I read a lot of books, so I I have a lot, but, um, so, so I'm going to recommend one that I actually, it's very recent for me. We, um, at my work, we established this won't be very surprising to you, but I recently helped establish a women's initiative at work called Women at Work. That's what we're calling it. Of course you and, did. Um, and we, process of, of working on, yeah, right? Uh, surprise, shocker. And, um, and we're in the process of working out for our Q1 like event. And um, I, one of the topics that's come up and um, this is relevant in the, as well, is how can men be effective allies of women? Hmm. And I read this book a few years ago called Athena Rising. Okay. And by um, Dave Brad Johnson, two incredible PhDs, uh, Navy veterans. Um, Brad is actually a professor at the Naval Academy in the leadership department. Um, and then Dave works at the Naval War College. They're just, they, I mean, they literally wrote the book on it. Um, and so I reached out to them recently and, and we're fortunate because I, I was able to secure them to come and do a presentation for my company. But um, I would definitely recommend that book because I think it's, it's very timely, um, you know, especially when we start talking about, I'm like you, I didn't have a female coach until I got to college. And then, you know, I played for Karen at Navy. And even later, I never, after Karen, I never had a female coach. Mm-hmm. And so my mentors in the game were men. Um, and I'm really thankful for them. And I, and I think we're in a situation where the reality is like men are going to be mentoring women and they should. And I think as women, we should be open. For mm-hmm. um, but if you're not sure how to do it, whether as a woman mentee or as a male mentor, how to navigate that relationship, it is a phenomenal book just explaining what the benefits are from having male mentors and how men, men, male mentors can effectively it's like you talked about amplifies or uplift um, women that are sort of their, their wing, if you will. So, well, I wrote it down. Athena Rising, it's final gonna, answer. It's, well, I love it. it. I wrote it down. I'm going to order it. Um, 
I've got like four or five books I need to read here from from all the, the podcast guests. It's really awesome because no one's recommended the same book. And I, I love that. So I'm learning, I'm learning from everyone that comes on the show. I'm like, Oh, that's a, that's a good one. That's yeah. Like shockingly, no one's, no one's repeated one. I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is cool. Um, final question. Any words of wisdom, anything that you want to say to young women or women coming through the game? Um, any ad- final advice? Just to wrap it up. My my biggest advice, especially true for, for younger women, because I think it changes a little bit as you get older, and I'll explain why. But my my biggest advice would be to say yes. People will is that don't that you don't know what it's gonna turn out like. You have no idea, but say yes. Afghanistan happened because my person my last year of playing sponsored their kit and put me in touch with their program director. And I just kind of offhand was like, if you ever need any help, let me know. And then two weeks later, she calls me up and she's like, how serious were you about that? Yes, I want to get involved, you know? And then I, crazy and incredible and, you know, say yes, say yes to opportunities that are given to you that are not like, it may not pay very much. It may not pay at all. you know, which I'm never a fan of, but the reality is, is young women out there and, uh, and be willing to say yes. And then of course, the flip side of that is at some point you reach the point, which I'm, I'm reaching and my, my intention for 2021 is to be more diligent in how I spend my time and who yeah. I spend my time with. So now in my career, I've kind of shifted focus where now I'm getting to the I have to work on no being a complete sentence mm-hmm. or admitting that I don't have time to take something on or unless it's prioritize it. Um, but I would say I've been, I've been able to reach that point, which I still struggle with, by the way, I'm terrible. I am still saying no, um, but I think I've reached that point because when I was younger, I was so willing to say yes. Mm-hmm. And it just opened up so much for me. And I'm, I made friends and networks and connections that um, otherwise, you know, I would have never had the opportunity to do those. Yeah. Say yes and put up there and be afraid to fail, like not be afraid to fail. You yeah. know, I, uh, I remember the morning. So when I went, when I started playing for the dash, uh, Randy and I had been talking right after he was hired as we're preparing. And again, that was when we had limited roster. You know, two goalkeepers at the time you're going to need more than two goalkeepers going into a season so um Randy and I had been talking before the season and he was like yeah just come to open track and um and I was living in Austin at the time my parents were still in Houston so I drove into Houston and I remember the morning of of um tryouts open tryouts being like I know that I had talked to Randy earlier and we'd like set all of this up but there was still a part of me that was like like too old for this like am I living in a pipe dream like and mm-hmm. there was like a split second where I was like I'm not getting out of bed and going to this oh and then I was like no and I got a moment there where I was like um you know s- just scared of of the unknown and what it would bring and whether or not I could stick it out and to be fair um I wasn't always good enough Randy tried to cut me a couple of times and I was just like whatever I'll see you tomorrow and um <laughs> And I just kept showing 
gotta um, gotta love that grit. There's a little more to that, but <laughs> but yeah. So he kept me around for three seasons. So, um, but there was that moment, and I think if you know, I like to think I'm a pretty confident woman, and and I feel good about the things that I've achieved, and I feel good about myself. So for me to have that moment, like I think all of us have that moment at some point, and to work mm -hmm. past that, and like screw it. You only live once. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Haley, absolutely. And you know, we, we've all had those moments where we're, we, we question, can I do this? Am I good enough? And all of that. And, and like you said, you just have, you don't know until you try and that's how you get experience. And, you know, sometimes I think that's the biggest difference between men and women. Men sometimes to me could care less if they fail or not. And women are always like, oh, I don't tick this box or, oh, I don't have this on my resume. And you're absolutely right. You just have to go for yeah, it. Yeah. It's, just, it's the same exact thing where you exactly, a, a male coach is going to apply for a job. No, they have a no business serving in and a woman coach is going to be like, well, I only fit eight out of the 10 criteria. Yeah. yeah. Now girl, put your application in. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Haley, this so. has been great uh, getting to know you better. And I can't wait till all the COVID stuff is over and we have a women in soccer, like symposium or founders party or something. And I actually get to meet you, cool, in right? meet you in person, but I will reach out to the women's coaches advocacy group and sign up for something, um, and get involved. I've, I've been a member of United soccer coaches for a long time and I've never really taken a deep dive into getting involved. So I will, I will say yes to something. I don't know what that will look like, but count me in. We'll tag. <laughs> count, we'll count me in. We'll find a role for you. I promise. That, that sounds fantastic. So thanks again for sharing who you are, your expertise, and thanks for being a part of, um, not only the podcast, but of women in soccer. So, you know, keep doing great things and I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Carrie. It was a blast.